What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Riddle trying to get the back now, and he has never had this much physical trouble locking in a submission here. And it's just the sheer size of Cobb making it difficult for Riddle as he gets back in the corner. Runs out. Tour of the Islands. What an upset here for Jeff Cobb. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends at IRW Network. Head on over to the IRW Network's website, irwnetwork.com, and download the brand new Triple Threat podcast featuring the franchise Shane Douglas and the two-man power trip of wrestling every single Monday exclusively on irwnetwork.com. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today it's a very special episode featuring quite possibly the hottest free agent in professional wrestling. You know him as Mr. Athletic. You also remember him from Lucha Underground as Matanza. He is the one and only Jeff Cobb joining today's program. And there's so much that we can do about going on and on about Jeff Cobb. He's a guy who quite simply boggles the mind with some of the physical feats that he could perform, but he's also a coveted and sought-after free agent in the professional wrestling world. It's literally a head-scratcher as to why this guy is not 
on a national wrestling television program that has three letters who could desperately use somebody of Jeff Cobb's caliber, but that's something that we will cover in this interview. But when you think about a guy like Jeff Cobb and you think of some of the places that he's been, uh, right off the top of the intro here, you heard the match that he recently had with Matt Riddle, and that could possibly be one of the best matches of 2017. And if you want an instant highlight reel, the finish of that match is absolutely unbelievable. So go out and search that. It is on YouTube, and it is pretty damn spectacular. But that's really nothing new when it comes to Jeff Cobb. I mean, he's got the name Mr. Athletic for a reason. He's a former Olympic wrestler. And any t- anybody with a pedigree like that or anytime you can get somebody of that athletic skill in professional wrestling, special things always seem to follow. And I don't even think we've seen the beginning of what Jeff Cobb can offer professional wrestling. But we have seen what he can do in Lucha Underground. And his character of Matanza is pretty much one of the more uh, cutthroat and one of the more innovative characters that Lucha Underground had created for this epic series that they've got going now into its next season and where Matanza really set the bar for some of the special things they can do with a character. We're going to cover all that as well, but I want to get John in here because this is an interview that he was so into and so pumped to be conducting. So, John, why don't you get in here and tell us a little bit more about what we have to look forward to in this interview with Jeff Cobb and kind of maybe highlight some of these finer points to just bring it home that we are dealing with one special individual. Yes, Chad, you said it right back at it again at the two-man power trip of wrestling. And this time it's Mr. Athletic, the former Olympic wrestler himself, Jeff Cobb. Many people might know him from Lucha Underground or from completely dominating the wrestling independent scene right now. He is known as the monster Matanza Cueto in Lucha Underground. Obviously, just on the indie scene, he's just quite simply a Jeff Cobb, known as, you know, Mr. Athletic and just an unbelievable talent, an unbelievable wrestler. And when you think about him and you think about his time in Lucha Underground, and we do talk all things Lucha Underground, he's been quite a driving force and probably the most interesting character on the show. He did physically murder somebody on the show, which I thought was pretty damn cool and definitely pretty different you don't see things like that uh, quite often in, in the pro wrestling game and that's one of the things that we kind of talk about right away as we as we get right into into the show and into the topics we first things first was almost like what in the world is going on in lucha underground it's so different and it's so out there but it's it's cool in a way it's like a regular episodic tv show where you know characters are getting killed off and things like that and his character was just uh, you know, a major, major part of that. And he plays a major role as a top heel in Lucha Underground. And we talked to him about that character, what he thought about that character, his input on the character, the fact that he's never worn a mask before, really, and now he's got to wear that mask. And is he comfortable in it? Has he feel in it? It's definitely an intimidating mask. It's definitely a pretty damn cool mask. Obviously, he had a big feud with Mil Muertes, who also wears a pretty damn cool mask. And obviously, that goes with the territory with Lucha Libre and Lucha Underground and and the Mexican style of wrestling with those awesome legendary masks. I'm sure a lot of fans remember La Parca having a great mask. Obviously, Rey Mysterio has a ton of cool masks that he had. Uh, Just so many cool guys and, and, you know, legendary figures in wrestling, whether it be Mil Mascaris, 
whether it be um, you know Lismark. I mean, there's so many different guys and so many cool guys that had all these cool masks and all these legendary masks. And Lucha Underground falls right into it. And I really like the monster factor, if you will, with the mask of Matanza Cueto. It's really cool. And we do get into that in depth. I don't want to bore you with that, but we do get into it because it is kind of interesting going from not wearing a mask to wearing a mask all of a sudden, you know, half the time that you're wrestling. Because on the independent scene, he's just Jeff Cobb. He's just, you know, wrestling without the mask. So definitely go into detail on that. We definitely go into detail on his Olympic wrestling background. Of course, speaking of, you know, Lucha Libre, we go into his time in Mexico with AAA and with the Crash promotion we even travel all the way to england we talk a little bit about rev pro progress wrestling and all the legendary wrestlers that he's wrestled over there and a lot of the newcomers that are coming on and just really really picking up steam and all the guys that he's wrestled we do talk about his domination of the indie scene right now about how he's one of the top guys out there we also talk about some New Japan Pro Wrestling interest, which is really cool and a real interesting part for me because, as, as anyone knows that listens to the show, love New, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think that he would be a great fit for them. And, of course, we do talk about a tryout that he had for the WWE in 2014. We get all the deets on that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Mr. Athletic, Jeff Cobb. Absolutely, and we want to thank Jeff Cobb for coming on the show and taking time out of his busy schedule to wrap with us about what's going on in his career and what is going to be happening down the road because a lot of questions are going to be surrounding Jeff Cobb in the very near future because he is a guy with some stock on the rise. And I suggest you buy in because he is going to be setting the wrestling world on fire for many, many years to come. And like I said at the top of the show, today's episode is brought to you by our brothers over at the IRW Network, Eric Bischoff's IRW Network, the boss, Eric Bischoff. He brings to you the IRW Network where you can find a lot of great independent wrestling programs like Capital Wrestling, and you can also find Wrestle Circus on there. So in addition to that, you'll get the franchise Shane Douglas and the two-man power trips Triple Threat Podcast. It's been an amazing ride through eight episodes that you can catch streaming right now. And whether we're talking some old school ECW, we're talking franchises, thoughts on some current product stuff going on with WWE. It's also a nice way to look into your current events. What's going on right now in the news? Because franchise has a lot to say about that. And John and I are having a ton of fun being the drivers, so to speak, as Franchise gets onto that soapbox and he starts to pontificate to the highest extent. And he is an absolutely unbelievable guy that we love to be associated with and we would love for everybody to check out the first eight episodes of the Franchise Shane Douglas and the Two-Man Power Trips Triple Threat Podcast only on the IRW Network. So now, John, with all that being said, why don't you hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to Jeff Cobb. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rose, the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., 
Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Buff Bagwell, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And if you're on Android, please check us out on Google Play or Player FM. Follow along with a two-man power trip in 2017 as we come to a town near you. TMPT hits the road. August 12th at the Icons Collector's Fest in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. September 9th, the Subway one-year anniversary in Keensburg, New Jersey with the hardcore icon Tommy Dreamer. October 21st, we hit the Legends of the Ring in New Jersey. November 4th, we hit the big event in New York City. And the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the big guy, Wrestlecade in North Carolina on 11:25 with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. There will be a Four Horsemen reunion for sure. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, he's been a Lucha Underground World Heavyweight Champion. You may know him as Mr. Athletic. He is a former Olympic wrestler. He is Jeff Cobb. Matanza Cueto, a.k.a. Mr. Athletic. He's a former Lucha Underground World Champion, and he is one of the chosen few. He is Jeff Cobb. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Uh, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem at all. And kind of the first thing I wanted to ask you, because it's very interesting to me, obviously, you know, in Lucha Underground, playing Matanza, but the first thing that really struck out to me is you actually, you know, on air and as, as the character, basically killed off another character. That always kind of, you know, was funny to me. What was your kind of thoughts and feelings with Lucha Underground and kind of being so different that you're actually killing off a character on television? Um, yeah, I, I like it just for the fact that it is different. Um you know, like if another WCW came around, or you know, it's, it'll get it'll get kind of boring. So, like with Lucha Underground, I think because it's different and it's so unique that, like you mentioned, you know, there are characters being killed off that it's just, you know, nobody's expecting that. And I think it's something something cool and something different, and and it's definitely a shot 
in the arm that uh, people are looking for. Now, obviously, you know, right now they're they're doing season three. It's, you know, kind of they just had the mid-season debut, and it's kind of keep going. But what is your current status with Lucha Underground? Um, I'm still um, under contract with them, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be filming season four sometime soon. Uh, they haven't given us the date yet, but hopefully uh, we film because you know like the, the fans want it, um, the people want it, the uh, the quote unquote internet wrestling community want it, and you know I feel that like we should definitely give it to them. Now I don't know if you're allowed to say. Are, are you signed up for a couple more seasons, or, or you know how long are you going to be with Lucha Underground? Um, I, I signed for the long term. Uh, season, so hopefully you'll be seeing uh, more of myself and my character around. Yeah. Kicking butt and taking names. That's such a cool uh, character and so different. Matanza Cueto, a.k.a. you know, the monster. What did you kind of originally think with the creation of that character? Did you put any input into it, or you know, kind of what did you feel when that character was presented to you? <clears throat> Uh, originally, um, I was supposed to do a different character, like a shooter-type gimmick. Um, I wasn't... Um, I didn't really fully grasp uh, when they approached me with this character. And I was like, oh, man, i got to be under a mask and blah, blah, blah. And, but, you know, I just figured, you know, it, yeah, I can show my range and try something new and see what happens with it. And And like I said, I didn't really grasp or comprehend what my character would be or what he meant to the uh, the Lucha Underground universe and the storyline concept of it. But, you know, I'm very happy that I, I was given the opportunity to be this character and very, very, very happy with what the character has become and, and whatnot. And the only really uh, opinions I gave was for the uh, the costume, I guess. Uh that's pretty much all the only opinions I have with that because I, I trust fully in uh, Krista Joseph's uh, vision, and so I, just, I put my full trust in Chris. It's definitely different. It's definitely cool. I really like the character. Like you said, the uh, the outfit is cool too. But were you comfortable at first in the mask? Have you ever worn a mask before? Um, I wore a mask one time for one match when uh, a guy no-showed an event in Hawaii, and I filled in for him because, you know, we needed another guy. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It, that was rough. And then wearing a mask, quote-unquote, full-time now, it's uh, it took a lot of getting used to, and especially those uh, months where we're filming when it, the heat in there is at all-time high. The temperature in Los Angeles alone is is at an all time high. Um, it can get pretty hot in that little in that thing, and there's no room for air. So it, it's it's very challenging at times. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to suck it up and and keep pushing forward. Now it kind of you know fits in with obviously the Lucha Underground and the Lucha Libre style and, and the mask. So it does fit into the you know the culture and, and the gimmick fits in with the Lucha Underground world. 
But with that character, did you kind of think when you originally saw it, were you kind of thinking that it was going to be successful? Or you were kind of seeing, uh, let's see how it plays out. Um, I was more for, at first I was, uh, we'll see where this plays out. But when, you know, like a bunch of guys in the office were telling me how big of a character this is, you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't comprehend or grasp what it meant until, until I, until it sat in. I was like, holy crap, this is, uh, the main person, the main person in this story, in this world, is Dario Cueto, and to be his brother is amazing. So, like, as it kind of started playing out, I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" And the good thing about him, and the cool thing is that he's not really a you know quote unquote wrestling personality per se. He's more of an actor in in the wrestling world which is kind of good, and it kind of shows that, you know, it's not just a guy playing, you know, like in wrestling sometimes some of the guys aren't great actors per se. So is it kind of cool mm-hmm. to have him involved, seeing that he is an experienced and good actor? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when we filmed a bunch of those, uh, those uh, the vignettes, the backstage vignettes, and um, seeing him in his element where I'm used to him being in my element when we're filming for the ring, uh, to have the roles reverse and have his have his uh, expertise, I guess, if you will, like saying, "Hey, try it this way," or be, you know, face me and all that kind of stuff. It's it's so cool, and like he, like you mentioned, he is really good at what he does. Definitely, definitely top notch actor right there. He's an awesome character. Matanza is an awesome character, is playing off each other greatly. And the cool thing is that all throughout season one, it was basically building up to, you know, Dario releasing the monster, releasing his brother. Is that a lot of pressure on you, kind of, when when they're like, well, you know, not only, like you said, for, like, your main character, but they're putting, a, you know, a lot of stake and a lot of, you know, a lot of the eggs in your basket? You, you know, like, the... I mean, I think it's anytime anybody builds something up that much, uh, there's definitely a lot of pressure. There was definitely a lot of pressure. I felt um, the the night it debuted at the at the uh, Aztec Warfare, and I was very nervous going through that. And thank goodness for guys like Chavo and and Rey Mysterio who are in the match that are super professionals and super and super experienced and then you know they kind of help you out through the way and you know especially travel like he was telling me to calm down relax breathe and whatnot and i was as i'm like getting blown up because i'm super excited so but yeah i mean it was it was such an awesome experience and winning the title basically you know in your debut or you know being the world champ so early on in your run it's almost like not only is the pressure like mounting, it's like they gave you the ball, now you got to run with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think because Dario was so over and he was such a huge part for the show and the company that I was elevated, guilty by association, kind of. And especially on the first night winning, you know, going through, I think it was like nine, nine guys to get that belt, to get the championship, you know, there was it kind of just elevated that person or character right off the bat. And it was, it was such a, it was a cool feeling. And, you know, like if 
And WWE used to do it really well too, where they build up certain characters and certain characters and whatnot. And and then I think they kind of got away from that. And so to have Lucha Underground do that and invest in a year, or uh, I'm sorry, not like a whole season into the debut of one character or a season and a half, I guess. It's you know they did it right, and that's that's how debut should be, you know. Absolutely, make the characters obviously seem more important. The fans are more invested. They're looking forward to the guy debuting. It's you know it's great psychology. It's great booking, and it's something that Lucha Underground has done very well and done especially well with you. And the El Rey Network is invested, obviously, big time in Lucha Underground, and Lucha Underground is investing into the stars. I feel like with Lucha Underground being more of a, it's almost like uh, we said this before, but it's more of like a um, a television show that has wrestling rather than a wrestling show on TV. Yeah, it's it's definitely that. It's more of that episodic feel to it, where, where you know you don't want to miss anything because it's you know you got to watch it like like you do a TV show or you binge watch a regular TV show. With Lucha Underground, it feels like, you know, you can't miss the week because of the level of importance of each character, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Cause I, and it feels, and it, you can kind of notice that, too. Like, And I like how sometimes they do, like, at the beginning of the show, it's, it feels like a comic book sometimes where, you know, you, at the, the very first half of the comic book, there's a little rewind of what happened and kind of thing. I mean, it can, it can catch you up, but it definitely makes you not want to miss or at least at least uh, record it so you can come back and watch it a little bit later. Or, like you mentioned, like just binge watch the whole dang season. Which is great now because uh, obviously, you know, it's been on iTunes, but now it's on Netflix and, and Amazon Prime is a big thing. But Netflix was a huge deal for them. What did you think about that when Lucha Underground signed with Netflix? Uh, I was actually honestly thinking finally, because uh, I feel like that should have been on there a long time ago. Um, I mean, granted, I'm not in the in the office or the business side of it to to actually take part in negotiations or whatnot. But I mean, I'm super happy I finally got on there, and I'm happy now because they, I mean, there were so many people that I talked to, like on the internet or in person at at indie shows where they say they don't, they can't watch it because they don't have access to the LRA network or whatnot. And now it's on Netflix. So, I, I mean, I would assume everybody has Netflix or if not everyone close, close to everyone has Netflix so they can watch it on there. And it's a good, it's definitely a good platform to be seen on. And it's great. Like you're right. You're saying some people are like, Oh, I don't have LRA. Obviously, you know, Wednesday night on El Rey is the actual showing the show, but now there's no excuses out there for anybody because it's on Netflix or now you can get it on Amazon Prime. So anybody that says they're not getting the show, you mean, you mean legitimately you, you kind of have no excuse. There's a, a million ways to get Lucha Underground now. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, like I said, people who told me, oh, I can't get it or I, I don't – I can't afford to upgrade my cable package because – because of one show, you know. So now, I mean, you could essentially just buy the whole season on Amazon Prime or on iTunes, or if you you want to wait till season three comes out on Netflix, then you just get Netflix. Absolutely. And the thing with 
you know, not only El Rey and Robert Rodriguez and everybody else involved, and, and we're talking about, you know, different platforms and different ways to watch it, but what you're actually watching, the production value is just through the roof. And like you said, it, the comic book feel, but it also has that big-time movie feel as well, right? I mean, the, the production value is just off the charts. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's a TV show based around wrestling, and it, it's definitely something that uh, is seen in in the actual production and the and what you see the what what you see at the end of the at the end of the day, and it's it's, it's heavily influenced in that TV production world, I guess. And with Lucha Underground, obviously, you know, there's a certain vibe to the show. It's it's different than, you know, what, what you're going to see on, let's say, WBTV or Ring of Honor or whatever. There's a definitely different vibe to it. And I feel like the writing is kind of what gives it the vibe. But also the temple, the fans, the crowd. You enjoy wrestling in the temple and in front of those crazy fans? Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the, like you mentioned, the it, the fans are crazy and rowdy, um, and it's no like like we opened the doors I believe around I think it's like two o'clock two p.m. and we get to the venue when they pick us up at the hotels around well, like nine o'clock in the morning and usually there's there's people in line already um, they're I don't know if they're tailgating or hanging out or whatever but they're they're out there in full force I mean. Waiting for the the doors to be opened to the temple, so you know it's it's a rowdy crowd. So when they come in, they're ready to roll, which is awesome. It makes for a better show because if the crowd's not into it, you know sometimes the show can fall flat, or maybe like the the guys aren't as into it. So they definitely play a big role in the show and improving the show. But the writers, the production, and the characters all fit well, but what I think is real strong with Lucha Underground, and obviously you play a big part in this, I feel like they have a very, very strong roster, and they have so many talented guys. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. Um, like, there's a lot of guys that uh, have been, um, I guess, like some people have said, passed up or overlooked by WWE, and you know, Krista Joseph and and the rest of the crew have definitely seen that these guys have something to offer that maybe WWE didn't see at the time. So, I mean, definitely, it's definitely a, a, an amazing roster from top to bottom. And thinking about some of the guys, I mean, obviously, you know, you're the former Lucha Underground champion, then a guy like Mil Muertes is also a former champion. When you and him had that feud, it almost reminded me of like a horror movie feud or two monsters kind of going at it. It's almost like Freddy versus Jason. What did you think about the chemistry you and Mill had and maybe even throw you know, Katrina in the bucket as well? That was wonderful. Uh, definitely, I knew I was in a, in a fight. Very, very uh, physical matches and whatnot and but you know i enjoyed it every time because i mean he's he's a great professional and he's good at what he does so i had no complaints at all i love the way it was built up you know it was like finally you know like katrina's monster against dario's monster and you guys had some great wars 
very cool the way, you know, it was booked, very cool the way, you know, visually it was done as well. Lucha Underground, always good at kind of throwing those visual curveballs out there, especially, you know, with a guy like you and even like Arrowstar out there. Are you ever surprised with some of the stuff that they come up with? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you know, like I said, everything, the brainchild of Chris Joseph, and he's got a great mind, and in he has a very good imagination because a lot of things he thinks of comes to fruition. So it's very interesting. And definitely uh, the second half of season three, you'll, you'll see some, you'll see some, some really cool stuff on the back end of season three. Which is great, uh, you know, for, for Lucha Underground to come off, you know, they're kind of doing that break in the season, the mid season finale thing, but to come back now and come back, Stronger than ever, and they got a lot of things coming up, and, and a lot of different uh, cool angles coming up. But I got to mention Ray Mysterio Jr., who played a big part in, in you know the beginning part of the season and even last season. But what has your, been your kind of you know relationship with Ray? Because he obviously had a feud with him, had some matches with him. Do you enjoy Ray, and what's he like behind the scenes? Ray is amazing. Uh, that's pretty much all you can say about him. Or, I mean, you can say a lot of things, but that's pretty much just sums everything up because, like, for someone at his level of where he's at, like, to come in and have the matches that he's had and that he will be having, it's it's ridiculous. You know, he, he's he got so much gas in the, left in the tank and, and everything, you know, he's so helpful, especially with the younger guys. If they come up and ask him questions, he's definitely willing to help out and he's he's such a good dude i mean not just in the ring but outside of the ring as well and but i mean in the ring he's definitely definitely a, still the same ray mysterio i mean he's i mean obviously you know nobody can beat father time but he's still he's still rocking and rolling like he hasn't lost and he hasn't lost a step so very fortunate to be in the ring with him a, a few times and he's kind of, you know, in one way or another, kind of the, the godfather of Lucha Underground, at least to, you know, a lot of fans, you know, in their 30s or so, or, or even a little bit older. He's kind of the, the guy, the you know, the grandfather of Lucha to them. You know, he's like the legend right now. So it's awesome kind of to have him backstage or have him be a part of Lucha Underground. So I can't even imagine kind of stepping into the ring with him. Were you a little starstruck at all when you, you know, saw oh, him yeah, jump on board? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I was, you know, like I said, I've, I've been an avid wrestling fan for since as long as I can remember. And then, you know, to be able to be in the ring and work a wrestling match, and as you saw in uh, Aztec Warfare 2, to be able to pin him, well, it's just like mm-hmm. a ridiculous uh, dream. It's a it's a dream. Like not many people would say that, and it's an honor to, you know, for him to do that for me. And you know, I, I appreciate everything he's done. And it's pretty cool for you to kind of get that torch passed to you. And obviously, you know, you've been playing a major role in the Aztec Warfares and play a major role in Lucha Underground. But what about you know a guy like? Dragon Azteca, who you've basically been feuding with more lately. What's it been like in kind of the different end of the spectrum? Over, you know, great talent, but more on the younger guy. What do you think about Dragon? 
Oh, he's a, definitely a great talent. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's starting to get uh, more exposure in America. You know, he's been doing some stuff in Mexico and a couple of things here and there, but now he's getting the opportunity uh, because of Lucha Underground to showcase how good he is. And, you know, it's it's been great to see him grow and expand his uh, his uh, bookings, I guess. But, you know, I'm very happy for him. I mean, like I said, he's a good talent, and he just needed a platform to be seen, and, and Lucha Underground was that platform. Definitely a great, you know, great star, and obviously a, a big feud is kind of brewing between you and him and Lucha Underground, and obviously uh, a death match, you know, or so, and a lot of these crazy matches that Lucha Underground kind of puts together. What are your thoughts on these kind of these gimmick matches and these death matches and, and these different, you know, style of matches that happen only in Lucha Underground? Um, you know, I mean, me personally, I'm I'm more of a an old school, I guess, traditionalist kind of wrestler. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, Lucha Underground's paying me, so I I do what they ask, and they never force us to do anything that we don't want to do, and they definitely don't put us in situations where we're where we can harm ourselves or our careers. So they they think it out, and then they have they get our opinions. So you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't. I don't mind doing them because, you know, they're they were these things were thought through really, and 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 then they get our opinions on can we do it and can we do it safely first and foremost, and then then we just go from there. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking Lucha Underground, talking kind of skipping around a little bit because it went from Ray to Dragon Azteca, but you know, there's other guys that have kind of come and gone in Lucha Underground, a guy like Phoenix and a guy like Pentagon Jr., Prince Puma. Are those guys missed, or is it almost kind of a thing where it's just like, nope, next man up, and and the next guy just steps up? Well, I mean, the cool thing about it is, like, it it definitely gets, like I said, it, it gives a great platform to be seen. And, you know, it that that's what it is. It's a platform, and then it's a platform to get more names out there that generally wouldn't be seen without it. So it's, it's, it's a good way for, you know, I mean, it's the same with WWE, like when the rock, when the rock leaves, then John Cena steps up, you know? So it's, it's just a, it's just a cycle that, and you know, we can build new stars and with more stars, it's just going to be better for the product overall. That is a great point. And it's very interesting, you know, the way certain guys can come and go into Lucha Underground. How did they actually kind of scout you and bring you on board? Was there somebody in particular that kind of sought you out? Well, um, I actually did a tryout for uh, AAA, I think it was like 2014, and um, Conan was actually running it, running the tryout. So, then, I mean, I definitely owe a good chunk to Conan because he did help me with you know, to getting into Lucha Underground and just being seen by him. And then, you know, he liked it. So, you know, I definitely owe a lot to him. So basically, you know, you do the tryout for AAA and then basically, you know, they say, hey, you'd be a great fit for what we're doing here in Lucha Underground? Uh, well, originally, uh, the try like, it was like a, like I didn't make the finals of the tryout. 
And he did mention that he was like, well, you know what, um, I know you didn't make the, the finals of the tryout, but, you know, we are uh, we are planning on this uh, this American Lucha show. Um, don't know when, but it should be coming up soon. So, and then I just kept in contact with him, and then when it was when the green light was lit, then we just went forward. And obviously, you know, they liked you a lot because they they built you up to Matanza, and and you know, you kind of got the world title, and obviously Dario's brother. So, I mean, they obviously liked you from that tryout. But you also had a tryout with the WB in, in that same year, correct? Yeah, it was funny because um, – so I got the uh, WWE tryout uh, before – or after I did the uh, the AAA tryout. And then I think I, – I believe my tryout was in uh, September of that year. I can't remember the year. I think it was 2014. But so I had my trial in September and uh Krista Joseph actually called me uh prior to that about maybe 2 or 3 weeks before I I had my official tryout. And I told him I, was, I gave him, I told him the situation basically I was like, "Hey, listen. Like I have a WWE trial coming up and I can't commit to the Underground right now." And like and to his credit, like Chris Joseph was amazing because he he said, "Well, I'll tell you what, you do the tryout, and if you get signed, you sign with them. If not, call me back, and and you you know I'd love to have you on board." So you know I just I went that route, and I kind of thought that was more of a way of him saying no, thank you. But so I did the tryout, and then I got uh, my reply from WWE, which. Uh, it wasn't a no and it wasn't a yes. So I ended up calling uh, Chris back and, and to, like I said, to his credit, he picked up the phone on like the third, third or fourth ring and got to, got to talking and lo and behold, I got brought in the Lucha Underground. Now with WB, I mean, obviously you said it wasn't a yes, wasn't a no, but you didn't get signed. Was there, you know, was there a reason why you kind of weren't picked up by them? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know the the official reason. Um, they did offer. They did mention that uh, they were they were trying to bring people on for the tough that new tough enough or the I guess it's old now, but like the the tough enough revival. And I just I personally just didn't want to do that because I mean I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like I kind of saw the past tough enough and I knew what I could offer or what I could bring to the table. And I, I thought Tough Enough was, like, I didn't want to waste my time on Tough Enough, really. Well, especially at that point, Tough Enough kind of for for guys that aren't, uh, you know, haven't been in the business that long. And at this point, you're probably in the business five or six years. So I think Tough Enough would also have been a bit of a step down for you as well, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I... You know, that's not a knock on anybody that did tough enough because like some of my close friends are were on a tough enough, you know, and and they ended up coming over to Lucha Underground with with me, you know. So, I mean, it helped out some people, but like I don't like me personally, I don't think it would help me out at all. True, yeah, Evil East, Son of Havoc, they, yeah, there was a, a few of them that that did do tough enough. 
But it is weird, like, when you look at Matt Cross, it's like, yeah, he probably easily should have won Tough Enough, but obviously, you know, there's more politics involved in that show than I think people realize. Right, and, and, and to be honest, I don't even know who won that Tough Enough that year. So, you know, yeah, so it's just whatever. <laughs> that is true. You know, I got to ask this because obviously, you know, this, it's like the, the elephant in the room with WWE always being around. If, you know, your contract with Lucha Underground was up or in the future, would, are you interested at all in the WWE, or is that something you're like, eh, you know, not really too interested in that right now? You, you know, um, I, I, I don't know right now, just for the fact that, I mean, to say that you don't want to work for the WWE, like, I think is a bold-faced lie. Like, I'm never gonna say I never want to go there. Like I would love, like I would love to make a really good living and wrestle and to train at the performance center. I mean, good lord, if I could have, if I had the access to that performance center, it'd be amazing. But like, as of right now, where I'm at, I mean, you know, I'm just enjoying this time right now on the uh, on the quote unquote independence. You know, just traveling the world and. And, you know, like when, with WWE, you don't get to do that. You know, you can't say, hey, I'm going to take a booking in in Ireland because you have to be at the Performance Center or you have you have shows in, in, in Tampa or something, you know. So, but, you know, it's that, it's that give and take relationship of, you know, you're going to get great exposure and, and a good living, but, you know, you have to be with them all the time. And, you know, I mean, like I said, at this point, like there's a couple of things I want to do before I even – go that route like i definitely would like to throw my hand in, in uh, new japan and see how i do there but you know um like people say you never say never in wrestling and if that if it came up i definitely have to sit down and take a good long hard look at it and see what's best for for me and my family that's funny you mentioned new japan because you might be psychic that was right on my mind i'm thinking with your athletic ability, but also your strength, your agility, I mean, your style, your toughness, I feel like you in New Japan would be a very perfect fit. Oh, yeah, I would definitely love to go there. You know, like, I mean, I, I may not, I don't have the height of some of their big bruiser guys like uh, like Dr. Death or Gary Albright, but, I mean, definitely have that background. So, I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to try it out there and see what happens. Two uh, pretty uh, lofty, you know, gaijins, quote-unquote, uh, Gary Albright and also one, and obviously Todd Seth, one of the all-time greats. So that's, you know, some pretty big shoes to fill as far as, you know, gaijins heading over to Japan. Well, I mean, it, it's, a good, uh, it's a good goal setter, you know? Oh, absolutely. And then also your background, I probably should have mentioned this earlier, kind of in, in the intro, but... 2004 Olympic wrestler as well. I mean, that's a pretty impressive uh, background to have. Pretty, pretty good to have on the old resume. Oh, definitely. And I, and I would hope that New Japan notices that so they could be more receptive on taking a chance on, on, on me. Definitely. And with you know that background and being in the Olympics and being an Olympic wrestler, how did you make the transition? from going from the Olympics, you know, the amateur style of wrestling into the pro wrestling world? 
It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I like the physical side of it was was fun because you know um, when I started pro wrestling, I just graduated college, so I just finished college wrestling and I was in really good shape. So the like the physical aspect of it was like like you know the running the ropes, the cardio, and the running the ropes and the squats and whatnot. Like that was fine for me. Like it was the learning of the psychology of wrestling and, and, and all those things and selling and registering, like those kind of things are the ones that I had trouble with and had to learn. Was it something you always wanted to do? Did you always want to be a pro wrestler? Oh yeah, definitely. As long as I could remember. So how did you actually, you know, go, you know, and make the leap? Did somebody kind of see you? Did somebody scout you and say, hey, you know, try out the pro wrestling thing? Or is it one of those natural progression things? Or do you see a guy like Kurt Angle and say, you know, I think that's what I want to do? Uh, well, I mean, I, I've always wanted to do it. I mean, like I said, as a kid, I've never dreamt of being a firefighter or an astronaut or anything like that. I was always, always being a pro wrestler and, and growing up, like, through middle school and high school and college and when I was like, okay, you know, I was thinking of all these different variables, like, what's my interest, what's my interest going to be, interest music going to be, what's my uh, character going to be, all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've always wanted to do it, and it was, it was always on my mind. So when you made the jump, where, like, where do you go when you, when you, you know, almost want to get trained and it's like, hey, you know, I have this great background in wrestling, but I'm ready to jump. So where do you go from there to get to training? Uh, well, after college, I moved back to Hawaii um, to help with my grandfather. And I remember that there was a uh, wrestling in Hawaii. Like, I remember I used to watch it on TV and whatnot. So, you know, I just flipped through the channels and I saw that it was on, um, it was on like Tuesday nights or something like that. And I saw that they had a show coming up. Uh you know, a couple miles away from where I was where I was living, so went to the show, checked it out, and then at the time I also started working at a at a at a gym, and uh, just so happened that guys that were working on the gym were some of the wrestlers, so started talking to them, and they gave me numbers and whatnot, and called the promoter, and then you know said it's this amount of money, and so I just had to save up for a little bit, and then I started. And it's pretty remarkable, kind of, you know, you, from when you started to where you are now and kind of being one of those top guys. You're kind of right now uh, where Samoa Joe was, like, many years ago, where, like, people are really – I mean, this is probably, you know, Samoa Joe in the mid-2000s. Like, man, people are really starting to notice, you know, Mr. Athletic, Jeff Cobb, Matanza. They're starting to really kind of pick up on you. Are you starting to, you know, feel that at all? Are you starting to get that, like – like is for instance, a lot of indie scenes, whether they're on the east coast or west coast, they're all interested in you right now. Um, you know, it's definitely uh, it's very humbling that people want to fly you somewhere and, and perform on their show. So you know, it's just those kind of, like those kind of things is what you know I enjoy. You know, I especially enjoy like the fans that you know they they tweet me or something to say, hey, when are you going to come here? I'm like, oh. You know, I feel it's an honor that they want me to come there. You know, so you know, it's it's that kind of stuff that I that I like to do, and you know, it's it's very humbling too. 
to have people say, "Oh, you know, you're a, a quote unquote top indie guy or something." It's 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 an honor, really. You're one of those blue blue chippers right now, and it's pretty cool, kind of, to see you all the way on the West Coast and then come all the way to the East Coast, you know, doing some PWG, and then you know, come to the East Coast and doing some things over here. But do you enjoy also kind of making your trips down to Mexico and whether it be working for AAA or you know being part of Triple Mania or maybe even being a part of the Crash promotion? Um, I like I like the Crash just because it's a close it's a close flight for me. Uh, it's like just like an hour to San Diego, so and like the Crash is crazy too, you know, like because you never know who's gonna pop up. Like Jeff Hardy pop like I wrestled against Jeff Hardy down there. Um, Rey Mysterio pops up because he's in San Diego, and you just never know who's gonna who's gonna show up down there. And it's it's a crazy crowd too, you know. Yeah, and you got the chance to team with uh, Alberto El Patron as well, which had probably was pretty cool. That was very interesting, like you know, teaming with him and hearing his ideas and and how lucha shows are, or lucha matches are put together, and you know, it was, it was cool to like learn from him. And then even wrestling a guy like Rush, who's kind of, uh, you know, maybe underrated a little bit under the radar, but he one of the best uh, Mexican wrestlers for sure. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting time. Um, at the time, CMLL was letting their guys wrestle in the Crash, so that was that was a very interesting mix. And then I think it was after that show that it that relationship got kiboshed. But, I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was cool to wrestle guys like, it was, you know, because Lucha Underground guys are technically labeled as AAA guys, and, you know, it's very, very, very rare that AAA and CMLL work together. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely some rare occurrences. And, you know what I'm saying, West Coast, East Coast, but, you know, we're talking Mexico you're working, but also England, Progress Wrestling, Rev Pro. What do you think about those crowds in England? Because you're starting to become a hot commodity over there as well. It was, um, I think, like two weeks ago, I was doing, a, like, the end of May, I was doing, like, the uh, Super Strong Style Tournament. Or the Super Strong, I'm sorry, the Super Strong Style 16. And, like, it was three days straight. And it was, like, 90% of the same fans because I think there was, like, a group group package deal or something like that. But it was it was it was so humbling to have the fans be very receptive for for me three days in a row. You know, I, I figure if anybody watches me three days in a row, they'd probably blow their brains out. But yeah, it was it was it was awesome. I mean, it was it was great. It was receptive. Like the crowds in England are ridiculously crazy. Um, I mean, a lot of them like a lot of them were drinking, and a lot of the shows that I've done in England have been has have had open bars and. But they're not like stupid drunk people. They're they're they just it's just to have fun and and they they can handle their alcohol. They they don't turn into obnoxious fans. Crazy crowds over there. They're always into it. You know, they always kind of uh, make the shows seem more important. They make the shows seem better. But a guy over there, you know, you wrestled and you wrestled over here, and you're even tag partner. But I got to mention. Matt Riddle, who's kind of becoming uh, kind of another ace along with you, another blue chip guy. What do you think about Matt Riddle? 
it's crazy how quick he's adapted to the world of pro wrestling. Like, I don't even think he's, he's been wrestling for more than two years. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing to see him transition. And it's, and I think uh, a huge chunk of it has to do with the fact that he has an amateur wrestling background. Definitely. It definitely helps. And it's definitely, you know, kind of, you know, the good base to have, especially, but you guys always seem like whether you, you know, whether you're the chosen bros thing or whether you're wrestling each other, seems like you guys have developed a pretty damn good chemistry, whether you're giving him a Canadian destroyer or not. <laughs> that was my first one I've ever, I've ever done. So, uh, it's pretty interesting, but, um, you know, like the uh, the match that uh, myself and Riddle had um, two weeks ago in progress on night two, you know, I've, that's probably the most uh, buzz or tweets or whatnot I've ever gotten on a match. So, you know, it's it's crazy. And, and you know, people always ask, man, you guys must wrestle so many times together. I mean, honestly, that match in progress that got so much rave and reviews was only our third match together or the, our third match that we've wrestled each other. And, it, you know, it's just, like I said, I think it's just that that similar background is why we have good chemistry. Yeah, and, of course, the, the WWN title match from Evolve, that got a, a lot of praise as well from a lot of the fans. Yeah, because, you know, it was just straight um, just kicking each other's butts. And, and then, you know. We laugh about it later because it's just, you know, just spirit of competition. And then together as a tag team against Red Dragon. So a lot of, you know, good things are, are coming from you and, and Riddle. A lot of, uh, you know, positive reviews. Hey, yeah, and I'll, I'll take it, you yeah. know. You know, another guy, speaking of progress wrestling, I know we're talking about Riddle, but guy you ended up losing to and he's kind of making a huge name for himself in the WWE and in the UK championship and being the UK champion and that's a guy like Pete Dunn. What do you think about Pete? Did you, you know, enjoy your time wrestling him? Oh yeah, definitely. Um I actually first met Pete um I think it was like a year ago when uh that whole Vader Osprey match happened and and Rev Pro. And I watched his. Oh, yeah. I watched Pete's match. He wrestled the. Uh, he wrestled Ricochet. And I was like, man, I like his style. So you know, I've always. I've since I watched that match, I've become a huge fan of his. And the fact that he's only like, I think he's only like twenty three or something like that. It's it's ridiculous. So I mean, he's definitely got like the sky's the limit for him. It seems like a lot of these young UK guys are really, you know, kind of getting into their own or, you know, kind of stepping into their own at a rather young age, whether it be him or, or Tyler Bate or a couple of these other guys. I feel like uh, the UK is really breeding a lot of good wrestlers right now. Yeah, and I I definitely, um, you know, I that goes that just goes back to the training, you know. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to gripe on – like American indies, but like a lot of the guys that, that train, like they just train and then they get the, they can go debut and then they'd never train again. You know, like in the UK, they take it very seriously and it shows because, you know, you see the great product, the great product that are coming out of there, like a Zach Sabre or Will Ospreay, you know, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, those kind of guys, you know, it's just, 
you know, they, they, they take what they do seriously. And, you know, I definitely think that like American independent wrestlers definitely need to do that as well. Cause you know, at, you know, if, if that happens, then you know what? Then the UK is going to take over our indie scene, and you know the the American indie guys will be out of jobs. That is uh, very, very true and very well said. But as you know, I start to wind it down a bit here. You know, I I gotta ask about a match I know you had recently. Kind of sticks out. It's just because it's so. Not really random, but it's so kind of cool that you were able to do this. You wrestled Josh Barnett. What was kind of your experience wrestling Josh? Um, definitely that match has moved up into my top five favorite matches I've ever been in all time. Uh, Josh is a huge, I mean, for the love of, for the love, for Pete's sake, man, he's a former UFC heavyweight champion. And he's wrestled in New Japan. So to have a guy like him like wanna take the match with me and then and and then learn that style of wrestling like a because I was given uh old UWFI matches to watch when I moved to the um moved to California. So that kind of style I like a lot more. Like I, that's my preference. I prefer that style of matches, but I mean, not many people know the the quote unquote shoot style or the the catch wrestling or the amateur wrestling that kind of style. So I mean, it's it's like you know when I get to mix it up with guys like like Matt Riddle or Josh Barnett or Timothy Thatcher or UK guys. Like it's it's a breath of fresh air for myself because you know I mean. It's, I have nothing against the the quote unquote indie style, you know. Obviously, I'm gonna wrestle the way that I want to wrestle, but at the same time, I gotta know my audience and my crowd. So, you know, I, it's wrestling. You know, I just went off on a tangent, but like wrestling Josh Barnett was amazing. And then after the match, being able to being able to sit and have him break it down, and you know maybe we should try this and try this instead of this. And just hearing his perspective and his views on how pro wrestling should be. It's, it's awesome because like I said, I like that style, you know, that the realism, the realistic style, the, the don't do cartwheels in front of me because I'll kick you in the face kind of, kind of deal. And it's definitely something to me like, stood off the page when looking it's like wow he just wrestled you know Josh Barnett a couple months ago like wow that's really cool and really different because obviously you know he does wrestle but you don't see him too much on the you know on the United States indie scene doing his thing yeah very very rare and you know like I said it was a it's a it was an honor to wrestle him like I said because it's it's a it's a rare thing you know it's like it's like seeing Rey Mysterio and an independent show. It's very rare, but when it when when you do see it, it's awesome and it's a it's a treat. Watching those old UWFIs, anybody kind of stick out to you that you liked? Were you like a big Sakuraba fan? Did you like Takata? Um, I I liked the uh, um, Gary Albright just suplexing the crap out of people. That was awesome. Um, there was a guy named. Uh, uh, Nakano that had great matches with Vader and it told a great story from 
start to finish because Vader was this giant grizzly bear and Nakano's like a smaller, leaner Japanese striker. So they tell a great story and, and you know, guys like him that I, I really enjoy because it, it's a good story that you, you can tell, but, you know, big guy against little guy. Now, Vader and UWFI pretty underrated as well. Do you take stuff from him? You know, because obviously, you know, you're a bit of a bigger guy. You you can play that monster role. Do you take some stuff from Vader and kind of apply it to your, some of your, you know, your character and what you're doing in the ring? Uh, not really. Um, if anything, I took more from uh, from Albright as opposed to Vader. another good that's another good one kind of what did you what do you like take from him like his his obviously you know his stiff style and a bit of a wrestling background as well but kind of what's what's something you, you learned from watching him that you try to incorporate in your matches just like the the way the way and when he did things instead of just doing suplexes just to do suplexes like he did them for a reason and he fought for him and then when he finally hit it it was such a big deal so you know, it definitely helps out in the structures of matches instead of like me saying, Yeah, I'll just I'll just do this suplex and this suplex and this suplex like you know. Whereas with Albright when he hit it it meant something, so And that's great psychology on your part may have it make sense, have it mean something. And you mentioned Josh Barnett, but do you have any other favorite matches that you've had in your career? Other ones that stick out to you? Um yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I had a 30-minute draw with uh, Oliver John, and he was the reason why I moved to California. Was to train with him. Uh, he used to, he or he was the, I believe he was the head wrestling trainer at a, when Ken Shamrock had a line then down in a, I think it was like San Diego or LA area. So yeah, so he was definitely the reason why I moved to California to learn to enhance my career, if you will. So, I mean, definitely that. Um, I had a a match with uh, Timothy Thatcher in Germany, uh 16-carat weekend that definitely popped on my my top list. So, you know, like I said, when I get to wrestle guys like that, it definitely helps me out, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Is Timothy and a guy like that, and obviously, you know, Zach Saber Jr. Are those some of your favorite opponents, or, or is there some other other favorite opponents out there maybe that we wouldn't even think of? Um, well, I, I like wrestling guys like that just because they're so technical, and, and you know, I, all I have to do is re- revert back to my amateur wrestling, so it's easier on, on me and my body. And it's so much easier because I have bad memory as is. So, like, when they say, what's the finish? When we, That's the only thing we can figure out is the finish. It's so much easier. So, I don't have to remember stuff. <laughs> I just, we just go out there and we just wrestle, you know? We can call stuff on the fly and whatnot. Um, I definitely enjoyed wrestling uh, another buddy of mine, uh, J.R. Kratos, out here. Um, we've wrestled a few times, and every time we've wrestled, it's, it's always definitely been a highlight of my weekend. So, And he, he's definitely a name that should get more exposure but you know it, it's slowly coming out there so he's he's going to he's going to be starting up with the crash here uh next month so i'm i'm happy about that and uh you know promoters are slowly taking notice of him so i'm happy about that you know i mean w, he's he's done a couple of wwe tryouts so 
you know, WWE wants him. So hopefully indie guys or indie companies can give him a chance before WWE comes in and swoops him up. Now, is there any match out there, let's call you know, a quote-unquote dream match for you, a guy you haven't wrestled yet that you would love to wrestle? Um, oh, definitely Kurt Angle, but I don't know how that's going to work out because, you know, is, he's working for that that company, so <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. Um, but honestly, uh, I mean... There's not like a super dream match that I wanna that I wanna do. Like I mean, I've been I've been very fortunate, especially this year, to wrestle some guys that I've wanted to work, like like a Bobby Lashley or a Zack Saber Jr. Like those guys I've wanted to work and I've gotten the opportunity to. So I've been very fortunate with that. Um, yeah, I can't really think of many at the top of my head. There's definitely some matches, you know, of guys you have wrestled that I can think of. You know, like a guy like Keith Lee, who who kind of is up and coming, that kind of seems like if you guys did it again, that would be one of those matches that people would really, you know, it would be a head-turner. Yeah, like, I mean, we've wrestled, I believe, like three times, and every time it's gotten better. Um, like, the, the most recent one, too, was, like, at a PWG, and people were, you know, giving us praise for that match, and... So, I, you know, and anytime you can throw around a big dude like him, it's always a fun night. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if you've ever had a one-on-one. I know, obviously, with the uh, the unbreakable machines with Cage and Elgin that you guys have had tag matches, but have you ever wrestled with a Michael Elgin one-on-one? Because that seems like that would be you know, kind of a real good, you know, power versus power matchup. Yeah, uh, I've worked him one-on-one down in uh, – um, at a for a company in Austin called Russell Circus. Oh, so I rest, okay. yeah, I wrestled Thanks. him down. Yeah, I wrestled him down there. And Cage, I've wrestled him a lot. So, <laughs> like, we know each other pretty well. Oh yeah, and they had a big time feud in, in Lucha Underground as well. With yeah, Cage. Yeah, so we've yeah, so we've wrestled on on TV and we've wrestled on indie matches and yeah, you name it, we've wrestled we wrestled each other a lot. And Russell Sorge is definitely an up-and-coming indie, you know, to keep an eye out on for sure. But, you know, one final question for you i got to ask. It's kind of the question we like to call it. It's, where do you see yourself in five years? Still with Lucha Underground, being a world champ somewhere? Like, where do you see yourself looking in the old crystal ball five years down the road? Um, well, I definitely see myself still wrestling, and hopefully um, – I mean, because I, I just I do this as a full time as a full time job, but definitely um, five years now from either New Japan or uh, WWE. Now, obviously, you know Lucha Underground can be seen Wednesday nights on the El Rey Network. Definitely want to check that out, and obviously check out Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Netflix for all your Lucha Underground needs as well. But fans want to reach out to either Matanza or Mr. Athletic Jeff Cobb, where can the fans reach you? Uh, Twitter is probably the best bet. Um, I'm getting better at that, so, and I'm also told that Twitter is, is a new thing, so definitely Twitter, uh, Mr. Athletic J. Cobb, 
And you can also follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's Jeff Cobb. It's pretty easy, so so I can remember it. So yeah. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Well, I'm predicting, you know, obviously you've had a great career so far, but I'm predicting some big things for you in the future, not only for Lucha Underground, but for even for other, you know, maybe independents or maybe England, Mexico, Japan, and beyond. I just, I see big things for a Jeff Cobb in the future. There's no doubt about that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, the stamp of approval, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.